Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts or Patreon a day early, if you uh, are so kind to subscribe to us. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this sunny Thursday? I guess it's been a bit kind, but Thursday nonetheless. Kenny, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to today's recording and uh, yeah, no complaints. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Got a wee bit of the cold, but nothing that you can't handle. Nothing that, uh, you know, the Lemsip sachets can't cure. So I always find oh. they're the best thing. If you've got a cold, the Lemsip sachets, the hot I drink. Don't know whether, I don't know whether they make any difference, but they make you feel a little bit better in your mind, don't they? I yeah. Think, you know, and it's a, it's a mental game, isn't it? Let's be honest, being ill. It's a mental game. You just need to do whatever you feel works for you. And they, they seem to work for me. So, uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm uh, plodding along. There's lots of wrestling news uh, from past and present. Let's just dive into them. Um, so I, I, I've not watched it yet, so I can't comment on the match itself, but we do have new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are the new champs, which uh, you know was quite a surprising title change. Um are you happy to see the belts off the Young Bucks and onto Swerve and Keith Lee? And do you think they can 
have a decent run? Do you think they've got the stamina that it takes to have a decent run with the belts? I, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, Keith Lee and Swerve had a horror show last week against the Butcher and the Blade on Dynamite, on July 6th Dynamite. I mean, that was a botch fest. I mean, it was just atrocious, that match. And then the Young Bucks came out, and then that led to this match. And I was just like, hmm, they've just had a really awful match against this glorified jobber team. And why are they now receiving a tag team title shot? And more to the point, why are they now tag team champions? Um, you know, you get the impression that the Young Bucks were never meant to be champs and became champs because Jeff Hardy was suspended and that match didn't happen. So it seems like a bit of a kind of a non-reign for the Young Bucks, doesn't it? Which is strange because they do, you know, they do seem to... It's, the, the, the booking of the Young Bucks in AEW is always quite strange because when they have the belts, they're treated as like they're the big stars. Yeah, and then when they don't have the belts, nothing really happens with them, and it's no, just it kind isn't. of the the journey to get the belts back again, which is strange. It, it is very strange since these guys apparently wield power backstage, and you know, effectively were involved in the founding of this company, and it is very odd. I mean, you know, it's like this caretaker reign that they've had in which they did really nothing of note. Um, and then they drop the belts to this team who haven't distinguished themselves ever. And as I said, had a dreadful match last week. Um, I mean, this is a great opportunity for Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland to do something because neither has really done anything in AEW. No. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see these two guys do well. Um, maybe they will. I mean... There hasn't been much evidence that I've seen that these two are going to be a glorious team. But I mean, it's possible that they'll surprise us. I hope they do. I mean, maybe this will motivate them to, you know, get themselves into, you know, good tag team shape, you know, work on the moves, come up with some double team moves that are exciting and, you know, work on the promos. I mean, prior to this, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland had a story going that they weren't getting along, didn't they, Kenny? Yeah, that may be the, the story of their title reign, is that they are the sort of reluctant tag champs. I mean, I would be very surprised, and you know this is difficult coming from me, who is not someone who particularly enjoys the Young Bucks that much, but, I mean, to me, Keith Lee and Swerve, I don't see them as tag champs at all out in September. It just doesn't feel like... They, you know, I, I, I even think Hobbs and Starks, who were the other team in the match last night, they would have been a better choice for yeah. tag yeah. champs because you know, they're really good. Um, but you know, maybe maybe this is just going to be a sort of care, you know, a, a placeholder tag title reign to facilitate a split because it does feel that we're we're on the way to the FTR Young Bucks match for all the belts, which um, you know, I think everybody who's listened to us knows who we would like to win that match, but. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Um, just, I mean, if that is the match that's going to take place at all out, then why take the belts off Matt and Nick in the interim? But then, I mean, it, I can't really think of... I mean, if, if Swerve and Keith Lee are the tag champs all out, it doesn't feel like whatever, any match they're put in is going to be... It's, it doesn't feel like it's going to be the big the big match. No. You know? Um, 
But I guess we'll I mean, see it's a, it's a fluid situation and we will continue <laughs> to monitor it. I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs and, you know, Ricky Starks haven't really shown me a whole lot either as a team. So, I mean, I haven't watched last night's match either. Maybe it was a really good match, but it's like... At least, at least Hobbs and Starks have been in the faction together for, for ages. They are... United. They are united as a team at least. They're united as a team at least. Starks is a good talker. Hobbs seems like he has... Hobbs seems like someone, if you put some time into him, he could do... And I mean this as a compliment. You're going to absolutely rip me for this one, but I'm just going to say it. He reminds me of, like, the early Ahmed Johnson WWF type stuff, like, power... Before Ahmed Johnson got all the injuries and was just a, a liability. Yeah. But the thing with Hobbs is, like, there's, there's there's so many people on the roster. I don't know if he's ever going to get the chance or the time to, to shine, but... We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he to me, he's somebody who I think could be better than he is, but that's almost sort of wishful thinking, and I think he's going to need a lot of nurturing to get there, and I don't think AEW is the company in which he's going to become that guy. I mean, if I was him, if WWE comes calling, I would give them a shot. He can enter that system, and I think that's the sort of place for someone like Hobbs to grow as a performer and to work with the best producers and trainers and really work on his act. Um, I think he's somebody who could be a star, but I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be a star in AEW for all sorts of reasons. Um, but to me, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. It should have been Ricky and Powerhouse who became champs on Dynamite last night, you know, not Keith Lee and Swerve, who I just don't feel like they deserve this reign i just don't feel like they've, they've it's not earned on merit it's given and i know everything in pro wrestling is given because it's predetermined but you, people know what i mean if you're a wrestling fan mm-hmm. you know what i mean by that statement um well listen <clears throat> let's move on to uh wb have been doing the a and e documentary specials the biographies um and there's one that's going to be on goldberg that i think airs this sunday as far as i'm aware but anyway goldberg was a guest on the michael k show and he was asked by peter rosenberg about the brett hart situation the fact that brett you know obviously still holds a grudge against goldberg for star a starcade 99 from the yeah. kick to the head um and here, here's what Goldberg had to say when he was asked, you know, how it affects you. And he said, as Goldberg the character and as Goldberg the human, there's no question about it. It affects him. When an accident happens and you tell your side of the story and nobody believes it, especially the person who is negatively affected by it, it sucks. I will take it to the grave because I'm sure that he will never forgive me. What else can I say? I said I was sorry that it was unintentional, that it was the furthest thing from my mind. I don't know, a million times. And those million times he's come back with yes. It was an intentional. He's a punk, and he didn't know what I was, what 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 he was doing, and it ruined my career. Um, so I mean, you know, obviously, Bret Hart has, has been very vocal about this. You know, annoyed annoyed at the fact that Goldberg makes the money in Saudi Arabia, um, which you know, Bret said could have been him if he was still wrestling. Do you think? I mean, do you think Goldberg is still be wrestling now? Really? Can you imagine? Um, do you think that it's fair for Bret Hart still to to hold a grudge against Goldberg for this, or do you think it is one of those accidents that you kind of need to forgive and let go? I mean, that's up to Bret. I mean, it's not for me to say what he should think or how he should respond. And I know I have a, a fair idea of how the Bret Hart mind works. 
So this is consistent with his behavior that he would think like this and not let it go. I mean, he's still not really forgiven WWE for Vince. Well, actually, I think he's kind of forgiven Vince, but he's displaced his anger onto Sean and Triple H. Somehow it was their fault that the double cross occurred, not Vince's. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, if you read his memoir, that's essentially what he's saying. You know, it's just like Sean and Hunter ruined wrestling. So these are two wrestlers. It's Vince who's in charge. So, I mean, I think it would be healthy for Brett to let this one go and to get over it, but that's not the way Brett is. That's not the way he works. That's not the way he operates. Uh, but if I were him, I would I would just say, you know, Goldberg's, Goldberg has apologised. He clearly means this. He feels bad about it still. It was an in-ring accident. It shouldn't have occurred. You know, I was the victim of this. I was, you know, the unintended consequences of this were that I suffered a devastating concussion and had to retire. Um, but, I mean, in pro wrestling, I think you've just got to, you know, these things do unfortunately happen from time to time. I mean, look at Big E, look at his reaction to the Ridge Holland injury. And outwardly, publicly, he's so beat about everything, even though this potentially could be a career ender. He may never wrestle again. Um, but he seems to be dealing with it fairly well. And it would be very easy for Big E to be bitter towards Ridge Holland over what happened. I mean, that belly-to-belly -belly suplex, he sh obviously he should not have done it. I mean, I still look back on that and think, what? Why did that? Why did they do that move? Especially in WWE, which is usually safe when it comes to these sort of things. It normally does the risk assessments, normally doesn't allow its talent to do things that have got high probability of causing injury. Um, but I mean, Big E's quite the reverse. You know, he doesn't seem to be blaming Holland for this. And he seems to have accepted that this is, you know, an occupational hazard that you can suffer an injury in pro wrestling. Just one thing can go wrong and that can be it. Um, and Brett, here we are, what we're coming up with, 20, what will it be? 23 years in December? Yes. And um, he's still not, ex not forgiven him or not publicly forgiven him for it. I just, I don't think it's healthy for Hart to carry around all this rage and anger and bitterness. I mean... Where's, where's he getting him? You know, what's he, what's he achieving by this? You know, I mean, it's not like it's affected Goldberg's career. I mean, I don't know whether he'll wrestle again, but obviously he has continued wrestling occasionally in recent years, making lots of money out of it. So it's not like it's deterred major companies or a major company, rather, in WWE from hiring him and using him and, you know, booking him in high-card spots and paying him loads of money. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know what he achieves by this, Kenny. It's not like it's, um, in hindering or impairing Goldberg's career. He's continuing to still be a somebody. I'm, I'm sure he can still be a somebody in wrestling if he chooses to wrestle again, if WWE wants to book him again. So yeah, I, I don't know what the point of all this is, Kenny, really. It just all, it just all, it just feels to me like, he just needs to accept that this thing happened. It was a, a terrible mistake. Goldberg has accepted. He's accepted his at full right, Kenny, hasn't he? He's yeah, accepted. he has, yeah. It's not like he's trying to say that 
it wasn't his fault that this happened. This uh, occurred back in December 1999. It did. He did it. And I don't know what more Goldberg can do. What, what do you think to all this, Kenny? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I will say I'll give you a personal anecdote, which I think explains why I maybe understand Brett's uh, resistance to forgive him. Because I think Brett, I'm sure in his mind, wants to be able to do it, but he just can't. And like, so the other day, when I came back from tour, right, I came back and my other half said to me, someone's left a mattress out in the back garden, right? And it's like a guy upstairs, it's an absolute arsehole, who left this mattress outside the back garden. And the dog, when he, when Hawks going out to do it, go for a pee, he, he, he can't go because the mattress is all over the grass. So anyway, so I was like, I'm going to go out and move the mattress, right? That's what I'm going to do. So the, so where our back garden is, there's bins, and I was going to put the mattress at the bins and, you know, phone the council and get them to come and uplift it. Yeah. So as I was going to lift this mattress and take it to the bins, somebody from behind, from, from, from the back of their flat, which looks out onto the back of ours, opens his window and starts screaming at me, right? And he's like, you can't put it at the bins. They won't take it, da, da, da. And I ended up getting into a screaming match with him because I couldn't accept that this random man who's none, who it was none of his business was just having a go at me when I was actually the one who was going to have to end up paying for this fucking thing to get uplifted, right? And I engaged in this sort of like two and a half, three minute shouting match with him. And I came back in and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have engaged in that. There was no, no po- there was no point, but I couldn't help. I was so riled up by him just, you know, talking down to me and shouting at me, and I, I, I couldn't really take it. So I sort of was snapping back. So now in my mind, I would love to be more zen where I wouldn't reply to respond to that. So I think sometimes maybe you want to do something, but you just really struggle to do it. Yeah, the difference being you. You would hope that um, in 22 and a half years time, you will still won't be carrying around a load of rage connected to this incident. Exactly. So, and obviously the, look, the Brett one is way, way bigger than a random guy shouting at me about a mattress. But I mean, look, at the end, the thing that Brett should take solace in is that Brett Hart is beloved by everybody or most people. And he is, you know, wrestlers talk about how they grew up with him. And, you know, you've got people who, uh, try and emulate him and stuff. Goldberg is not revered or beloved by by most people. So Brett should just kind of take you know if if you if you are still mad, just take solace in the fact that Goldberg is shite and most people don't really care for him. Like it's not as if Goldberg is this beloved figure that everybody adores and and it it should get to Brett. Like Goldberg's not worth all that rage. And all that time, because yeah. I know you, you could drive yourself mad about how much money he's making now, but like nothing can change it. There's nothing that you can do to change it. And I think that's where, you know, I think that's where the where the focus should be. So I hope that they can, you know, maybe they see each other at an event and Goldberg can go up to him. I think it would be classy for Goldberg to go up one last time and go, look, what can I do? I, you know, I, I didn't mean it. I've said it for 22 and a half years. What can I do? Um, and, ho- and hopefully Brett can forgive him because there's just no point. Yeah. I mean, Goldberg does come across a little bit aloof at times, a little bit, you know, something a bit aloof about him, isn't there? He looks like he feels sometimes like he's above wrestling. 
Yes. And like, I've, I spent a week with a guy. He is actually a real sweetheart of a guy. I mean, he's he's got his issues, which, but he's, you know, he's a very intense guy. Sure. Like him, and, him and Brett are very different. Brett is a very easy person to deal with for the most part. Bill is a very difficult person to deal with for the most part. But, um, but yeah, I think, it, I think maybe the idea in Brett's mind is that Goldberg doesn't really feel that apologetic about it. Maybe yeah, that's maybe there's, you know, maybe he doesn't feel that Goldberg is really sincere in his apology. Maybe that's yeah. the root of this. So, I mean, you know, if I was Goldberg and I really wanted to make this right, I'd reach out to Brett privately and just say, Brett, can I come and visit you? You know, can we just talk this one out? No cameras, no publicity. I just want to come up here and I just want to, I just want to make this thing right if I can, or, or at least I just want to, I want to sort of explain to you, you know, how I feel about this and how bad I feel about this. And maybe that might help. Yeah, I mean, maybe. You know, I mean, something they... like that. You know, maybe that would be the solution. Just a private affair, not something where the cameras are there. And we have the, the Brett and Goldberg. The Brett apology, Goldberg the rematch, <laughs> the apology, or something like that. Not as something that's done for the cameras, yeah. but something that's done with, you know, with the utmost sincerity. And maybe that's what Goldberg should do. And you know, uh, not that I want, not, not that it would be like us fitting to get a cheap plug in whenever we can, but um, you know, the new issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, the next one that's coming out, I talked to William Regal, and one of the things I asked him about is the Goldberg incident, which obviously happened in 1998. And it's interesting because Regal kind of says he's like, you know, I saw Goldberg loads of times and there was never an issue, never an issue. And then his book came out, and you know, he, he was, you know, saying I was taking liberties with him. So, the, I mean, it feels like when there's, I mean, Goldberg has got a couple of kind of enemies again, or not enemies, but people that there's just like these tenuous relationships with. So, I mean, to me, it'd be like, you know, fix those. There's no point. There's no, there's no point in having that, that bad blood, you know, unless somebody's absolutely screwed you. But um, anyway, well, hopefully uh, Bill and Brett can, can get along. Uh, but last night on Dynamite, Again, we've not watched the show because we're recording this super early on Thursday. But Chris Jericho came out to cut a promo about his uh, his match with Eddie Kingston next week, the barbed wire thing that they're doing, the death match. Yeah. Um, and Ric Flair tweeted, "Have you seen this?" No. So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna send you this while we're speaking, so you can just have a look at it. So it should, I mean, it just seems very bizarre that Flair in the middle of his promotion for his match that he's got coming up uh, on July 31st. Um, Ric Flair sent this tweet with a screenshot of Chris Jericho appearing on Dynamite. And what he said was, living legend in your own mind, Shawn Michaels wannabe, Ric Flair never will be. Where did you buy that cheap suit? Obviously not from Gent's playbook. I mean, is, 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 is Flair having a laugh here? Is... Is he trying to start something with uh, Chris Jericho? It seems very bizarre that he would just tweet this out of the blue. Because as far as I'm aware, Jericho doesn't say anything about Flair or Sean or anything in his promo. So it's not a response to anything that Jericho said on air. Publicity-seeking exercise, Kenny. It's what it is. A PR stunt. Yeah, it's like he realises he's got, he's got this match coming up. He needs to get people talking about the match. Even though we don't know Ric Flair's wrestling yet, do we? That hasn't been announced. 
No, it's July 14th. We still don't know the opponent. <laughs> so, you know, we thought it was going to be a six-man. It might still be a six-man, but it hasn't been announced yet. They've announced some of the undercard matches, but not mm-hmm. the main events. No. So, yeah, to me, it's just... It's a publicity-seeking... You know, talk about me. Please, Chris, respond. That's what Rick's, that's what Rick is saying. That's what he's asking for. That's the coded message here that he wants a response and he wants people to start talking and writing about him and tweeting about him and commenting on him and talking about him on podcasts like we are now, Kenny. So we have fallen into his bear trap. We've stumbled into it. But you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll give him that in 90 seconds. Given that he's he made the effort to to, to tweet about it, that's, um, <laughs> it's it is a bit odd. Well, it's it's not odd because that's why he's done it. It's that simple. Um, yesterday, uh, news came out that uh, the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks, um, Mercedes Varnado, um, will be appearing at the C two E two Comic Con Expo in Chicago in early August. Um, I mean, does this tell us anything, you think, Finn? Does this indicate it's the first post-WWE appearance? Does this, uh, could this just be part of her WWE deal? Do you read anything into the announcement that she's going to be appearing at this um, this next month? I mean, she has to do something. I mean, it's been a while now since she left. Um and, I mean, she's probably also wanting to keep the publicity going for whatever it is she's going to do next. Because I'm I assuming mean, that she would have... I'm assuming if even... Say she was le- say she was released or got her release a month ago, let's yeah. say, 14th of June, she would still have the 90 days, right? So she can't really yes. do anything wrestling for 90 days. So she has to do... Well, she, she, she could do something like this to keep the name out there. Uh, would she be allowed to do this? I'm not sure if she would. Because well, it would be, her, the, with the non the non compete is only to do with wrestling companies, right? Um, I'm not sure about that. Um, I guess I always thought it was you weren't allowed to work anywhere. I thought that was the way it was, but I mean, maybe it's different for other people. Um, but I mean, to me. We've already talked about this a lot, and I find it. I was going to write something about it in the latest issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, and I sat there and started writing it, and then I thought, hold on a minute, there's an article about this elsewhere in the issue, so I don't really want to trample on that article's toes. And also, I couldn't really think of anything new to to write about it that I hadn't said on the podcast, because it's all just up in the air, isn't it? You just don't know. I mean, to me, I think it's a good move for her because it's keeping the name out there. She's used, she's using obviously not the Sasha Banks name because that belongs to WWE. So she's using she because she her real name is Mercedes, isn't it? That's yes. Real name. Yes. yes. So she's using the name that she's presumably going to use outside WWE. Um, but it does feel like, yeah, the transition from being a WWE, you know, superstar to being whatever she's going to be next. Um, I'm not really sure what Sasha's going to do next on Mercedes. I find it, I find this story very odd because I think I don't. I'm not sure if she's really going to do well in AEW for a lot of reasons. And I think if she's going to wrestle, I think she wants she will want to wrestle for WWE because that's the big time that's got the women's division with the big stars in it and people that she knows and people she can work with and people who are going to make her look good. 
Um, but it's like, does she really want to wrestle anymore? Or, or at least wrestle at the moment? I'm sure she will wrestle again, but it feels to me like maybe she just needs a break from wrestling. And I know I've said this before on the podcast, and I'm not going to bang on about it now again <laughs> myself like I usually do. But it just feels to me like maybe this is what she should be doing, is that making an appearance here and then maybe trying to do an act, get, get an acting gig or something like that. And I think, I think what she would like to do is to become a star in her own right outside WWE, like The Rock became, or, you know, Cena has now become, um, and then she can, and Brock Lesnar was, and then she can effectively write her own contract when she returns and she'll have more, you know, creative control, more backstage power, and she can go back on her terms rather than WWE's. I think that's her long-term plan. What do you think, Kenny? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think she's got a difficult decision to make because if you do look at the AEW landscape, I, th- I think in an ideal world, she would like to go to AEW and be a big name there and sort of show it to WWE and then go back and make a big return down the line. However, if you look at the landscape of, the women, of women in AEW, apart from Britt Baker, none of them are big stars, really. You know, Baker's the only one that really... And, and even then, they're not really doing it with her right now. So it would be a it would be a big risk in some ways for her to go to AEW because she's she, at the moment she feels like a really big star. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is go down the, you know, because also she goes to AEW. I think she could have some really good matches with Britt Baker, with Thunder Rosa, with like a handful of people. Well, I, I don't think she could. I, th- I think I, th- I think she would. I think she'd be able to have good matches with them. But I think the problem is, those, I mean, but then again, in WWE, there's only a handful of people that she could have a good match with there because, you know, half the main rosters loaded up with Shotzi, Tamina and Dana Brooke. But I think the difference is if she goes to AEW and it doesn't work or she's one of the people who just kind of gets tossed to the side, it gives her a little leverage with WWE down the line. So... I think it'll depend on if she can do something else that's non-wrestling that, like you say, would make her a big star and a big success. I think that'll probably be the thing that she does, but she's got a difficult decision on her, on her hands to see what she... I mean, I think she, I think she would be a great get for AEW, but I think Tony Khan would really need to... You know, there's only so many years you can keep putting out these things about the women's division, about, oh, you know, we've got the, the greatest women's division. It's like, you've not. No, you haven't. You've, you've not. You know, and every every single time somebody wins the women's title, there's just it's stagnant the whole time. Yeah, unless it's I mean, Britt Baker's the only person who's had the belt. She felt like a big star when she had the belt, and and she seemed to be over as champ. Thunder Rosa. I mean, now she's an tag team. Tony Storm. Thunderstorm. I mean, it's inspired, did it? Inspired name. Oh God, why are they? Why I don't want to see. Tag team in the women's. I want give me a good women's division first, then add in the tag team stuff. But yeah, I think she's got a tough decision to make, and I know some people will just want to see her go there. And I'm sure there's part of it that she just like, you know, because she has. We talked about this originally when whenever them came out, didn't we? About how you know they've butted heads a lot, WWE and Sasha. Yeah, and, and you know she probably does feel quite burned by them because they do promise her a lot of things, and then they just don't deliver them and she's annoyed by that so she would have more freedom if she went to AEW but um, 
I think she would massively devalue us, devalue herself if she went to AEW's women's division. And I think that would be a huge mistake on her part. So, um, I mean, Britt Baker, I know the crowd like her, but I mean, on her best day, she's mediocre. And on her worst day, she's rotten. So, I mean, I just don't see a future for Sasha Banks in AEW. I think that would be a huge mistake for her to go there. Um, but then, if you don't, she, if you don't get, if, if she's not, if she doesn't feel like she gets on with people at WWE, I mean, I guess it depends. Can she put everything aside at the moment? Yeah, I think you know she needs time. I think time heals wounds. We've seen that so many times in WWE, and um, I think that is probably what will happen there. And you know, I often feel like Sasha is someone who's got a fairly sizable ego. And she feels like if she's not being pushed as the star of the show, then she's not being used to the best of her abilities. And there are times when she has to take a back seat to someone else. Um, and I'm not sure if she really likes that. I mean, I thought her team with Naomi was pretty good. And what she should have really been campaigning for was for WWE to bring some more talent up from NXT, some good, some good talent in NXT that, Naomi and Sasha could work with or could have, could have worked with if they were still there. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the return of Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. That can't come soon enough. Uh, but there's some good talent there in NXT. And to me, she should have been saying, yeah, I'm really looking forward to working with Tiffany Stratton when she comes up. I think that would have been an amazing feud between, the, between those two. I don't think Tiffany Stratton's ready yet. But I mean, I think this time next year she will be. And I think, to me, that should have been what Sasha was doing. Um, I, I get the feeling that she probably was doing that. Like she did Because, you know, she did say that one of the things she wanted was for the tag division to be better and for more opponents yeah. to, start to come through. I think, I mean, again, this is all speculation in our part. We're not, we don't know. But, I mean, one of the things, do you remember, was it 2019 where for about six months there was like a Bailey and Sasha, will they feud? Yeah. Storyline, and we, we never got the match. And I think that's probably another example of her going, well, wait a minute, we've got this thing that, you know, we've done before in NXT and it was, it was really successful. Why don't we do it here? And, you know, that was just coming off them, her and Bailey dropping the belts to the Iconics. And, you know, then, then I mean, COVID, they had a, I mean... Yeah, but she, she, she went home, didn't she? She quit. No, but yeah, she, yeah, she, she went home. After, she, but, but was the feud with them not after that? When they were doing those like anger management skits and stuff, was that not after she came back? Uh, well, yeah, she came back, didn't she? And then Bailey and Sasha Bailey turned heel because <clears throat> they were they were faces, weren't they? That was 2019, wasn't it? WrestleMania yes. 2019. Yeah, yeah. They dropped the belts. Sasha went home and she came back. She had quite a few months off, didn't she? And then she She did the wig reveal, didn't she? On Raw. She did that. Uh, she came back. She had the one, the one uh, wig, and she took it off, and it was the other color. It's quite a big. That's return. right, yeah. And then we had the Sasha Bailey team, which was tremendous, and that storyline there with those two as heels, and that was really a lot of fun. And she seemed to be having a great time doing that. Um, yeah. And then they split, which was the right thing to do because you know Bailey had become a star in her own right as a as a villain, and Sasha was obviously star in her own right before she teamed up with Bailey. So, I mean, she did do some good things. Um, do you think, I mean, do you think, because one of the things that we don't know, we just don't have a clue, is why she was not at SummerSlam last year. Yeah, we don't. She, I mean, she was quizzed about it once in a, in a uh, podcast interview and she refused to, she refused to answer. 
he said, you know, maybe I'll include it in my autobiography one day when it's published. <laughs> and he's just like, well, so basically, because it was supposed to be Sasha and Bianca, wasn't it, there? The rematch. Yeah, and then and then they had Carmella come out, and then they did the thing where Becky came out yeah. after that. And they didn't announce, obviously, WWE did not announce until Bianca was in the ring that Sasha wouldn't be there, even though they knew she wasn't there, obviously. Um, there was rumours, I mean, I think we can say the rumour was COVID-related. But even then, that doesn't really add up with why, you know, COVID-related would be a week, 10 days. You know, you'd, you'd be out. Most people recover from that very quickly. So, yeah. yeah. And again, it's like, you know, why wouldn't you disclose that? I mean, that's hardly something to be embarrassed about or to withhold from the public. No. I mean, you know, you've had COVID, I've had, I mean... Lots of people have had COVID. So, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a bit strange now. Very strange. Wasn't, I think there was some talk um, for a while that she she didn't want the vaccine, but obviously she must have had the vaccine because if she didn't, then I think she would have been released like Nia Jax was. She travelled to the UK, didn't she, for the tour? Yeah. So I think, I don't think, I don't think at that point you were allowed in without the vaccine. I believe that is correct. So she must have had the vaccine. Um but yeah, I mean, there's a, quite a few un, unanswered questions. And when you have these unanswered questions, it's not helpful. And um, it, it doesn't promote trust between the talent and the fans and the people who are commenting on the talent. And I think you have to, I think you have to be sort of upfront and honest with people if you can be. Um, and I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I know she was about a 2019 um, exit because she was saying she just needed some time off and, you know, Vince knew that and she was, that was, that was in the Stone, uh, with Stone Cold interview, wasn't it? She yeah, was, the Broken Skull sessions that she did. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, she was really candid there. So that's odd as well that, you know, she was candid about that and she just <clears> needed some time away from the spotlight. And yet, you know, last year, she has yet to explain why she wasn't at SummerSlam. And, you know, you think about it, and I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, who was the loser there? Bianca. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, Sasha might have regained the belt from Bianca at SummerSlam, but it wouldn't have been in a 26-second match, would it? It would have yeah. been a long match. It would have been a very different story and outcome, and the whole the way it played out would have been completely different. So, I mean, that was really quite... I mean, in a sense, it was damaging to Bianca, but I think, you know, in the end, it worked out for her at WrestleMania with her defeating Becky and regaining the belt in one of the biggest matches on either show. Um, but still, you know, you look at that and say, well, Sasha, if you could have been there, you know, who's the one who's lost out here? It's Bianca. You know, are you really a team player? And, you know, you got to look at the big picture, I always think. Is that what's the consequences of your action? Yeah. And you can say, well, they're unintended consequences, but they're consequences nonetheless. You not turning up for that show, if you could have been there, we don't know. Maybe she maybe she absolutely couldn't have been there. Maybe it was not her fault that she wasn't at SummerSlam. But if that's the case, why not tell us the reason why she wasn't there? And regardless of what she does, whether she stays, whether she goes back to WWE or whether she goes to AEW or whether she doesn't go to either, and the best thing she could do is find somewhere, find a platform where she could just talk about what's going on. Because, like you say, I mean, personal stuff, yeah, keep personal stuff to yourself. But, I mean, this is all related to your persona. 
that you've got, that you're selling, you know, the, the wrestling persona you've got. So I think if you were to give people at least somewhat of an explanation, I think they would be more on your side. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously the... I mean, I do, you're probably not aware of this, Finn, but on Twitter, there are a lot of Sasha Bank stands, f- big fans of Sasha Banks, who, if you were to post anything that was critical of her, they, they will come for you on social <laughs> media. So... Uh, no. Those people will stick by her no matter what. But I think the, I just think the general public uh, would would like to know the the, the professional stuff. You know, like because if you again, because I, I don't want to be like she should personally have to tell us everything that goes on in her life. It's not that, but if you'd advertise for SummerSlam and you're not on it, and we never know why you weren't on it, it leaves a question mark. And I think it would it be better answered. I mean, all she's got to say is I was going through some a difficult time. And I didn't feel like I could perform to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. All she would have to say is that. She, she didn't have to explain why she was going through a difficult time. And in 2022, I think most people would accept that as an explanation. Yes, she, 100%. Given us nothing, given us nothing to work with. Now, I wasn't aware that there was these, you know, Sasha defenders out there. And, you know, try to avoid the bullies on Twitter. Kenny, I find some of the things that go on on Twitter to be, it's not the sort of thing that I want to be around or read or experience. And, um, you know, often these people who are doing the bullying, who are ones who, you know, think the virtue signaling types, they're often the people who do this. And it's like, well, can you not see the hypocrisy of your actions here by doing this, by behaving in this way Mm -hmm. and by being so unpleasant to that person? And you can say, well, Phil, you've not people over the years. And of course I have. You know, but, you know, absolutely I have done that. You know, of course I've done that. But, I mean, I don't do it on Twitter. And um, I try very hard, certainly in 2022, I try very hard not to be unpleasant to anyone, uh, certainly about personal things. Yeah, keep it professional. Yeah, Um, Well, listen, we're going to keep it professional and get out of here. Um, But we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, We'll be doing the overrun, which will be up this weekend on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. We're going to answer some of your questions. Um, So we hope that you will give us a a shot over there and check it out. And um, Inside the Ropes Magazine, issue 23 is available for pre-order right now at insidetheropesmagazine.com. Exactly. It's on sale July 28th. Two days before SummerSlam. What better what better thing to kick off your SummerSlam weekend than the new issue of Inside the Ropes magazine? Indeed. Um, so from Funaki and me, um, <laughs> we will be back. I was <laughs> expecting a K-Entai reference there, Kenny. Thank you. Uh, we will be back soon. So thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon, everybody.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.